All right, lie down on your back. You can lie down in any configuration on your back that you like. Just have yourself, the only requirement is just have yourself scooted up to the front far enough that you can have your knees bent and your feet on the floor. But when I say feet on the floor, you can have your heels on the blanket and your, the balls of your feet on the, or heels on the sticky mat, balls of your feet on the blanket. So in constructive rest like that. And then once you're close enough to the front of the mat, you can then change your leg configuration. But you gotta be scooched like halfway forward on your mat so that your feet can eventually reach that blanket with your knees bent. So back corner and both back corners, scoot yourselves forward like three more feet. Come forward, forward, forward. It will make sense in just a short period of time. All right. Then make yourself as comfortable as possible. Now you have props. So if you want bolster underneath your legs, you can do that. You can tip yourself to your side. You could even flip over on your belly. You could also sit up. It does not matter to me. Whatever makes you feel the most at ease. And the same goes for whether you close your eyes or not, or where your arms go, or any of those things. They're all adaptable. So when you get yourself as comfortable as possible, then you can turn your attention to some of the sensory experiences that are here. And you can start with the fact that there's sound in this space. There's also my voice, which will come and go. And there's sound outside. Now usually we do breath as one specific focal point to bring yourself back to, to concentrate on throughout, but that doesn't always work as the most tangible sensory experience. So just try to let your mind settle on the different sounds for a bit. Now what sounds you hear will constantly change. Perhaps the air conditioning will be consistent, but it also might not be. The cars will be inconsistent, my voice will be inconsistent, but there will always be sound to anchor yourself back to should you choose that. You could also choose the fact that there's parts of your body that will be supported by the floor. And there'll be the sensory experience of the touch of the floor underneath of you in some way. So take your mind from sound to how it feels to have your legs or your feet or other parts of your body supported by the floor. Now if sound works better for you, you can return to that. But if contact with surface because what is touching the floor, how it's touching the floor, all that's going to change. If that works well, you need to do that as your anchor. And then there's also the sensation, the sensory experience of breath, the old faithful current yoga class focal point. But breath has sound. If you were to open your eyes and watch it move, you could see that. It changes how the body feels in relation to the floor. You can also think about it. So breath is another focal point that you could choose as your present moment anchor when there's nothing else at hand to pay attention to. 
now just pick one of those things, be it sound, the feeling of the floor, tactile contact, or some aspect of the breath, or something else that's a sensory experience here. Just choose that as your anchor for today. And then from there, take your attention out to your position in space. So if your legs are outstretched, then bend your knees and put your feet on the floor. If they're wider, do that. And if you've got props under you, move them out of the way. And get to a place where your feet and knees are roughly hip distance. Just have your whole left foot on the sticky mat. Just scoot your right foot out enough that it's on the blanket. But the knee is still bent. And take your attention up to your pelvis, upper back, how that feels in relation to the floor, and then the lower back's curve. And keep those points consistent, and just start to slide your right leg out away from you, a little at a time. Now as you slide this right leg away, if you feel the lower back start to arch up more, then stop short of your knee straightening out, and slide the leg back into where it started. And just start to slide the leg in and out, bending and straightening your knee without it affecting the shape of your spine. And don't fight to try to hold the shape like you would in a core class usually. Just let the leg move enough that it doesn't impact the spine. move the leg in and out, should you feel it helpful to change your foot's position to point or flex your ankle? Maybe even take the blanket just a tiny bit wider, you can go ahead and do that. you get the blank reached out away from you, just let your knees straighten out all the way. Just start to make circles with your ankle. Whatever direction you like, however big of a circle or small of a circle feels productive. And you feel ready and change the direction of the foot. those rotations move up into the hip. <coughs> start to roll your thigh bone out so your knee turns towards the right side of the room. And then in so it turns in towards the midline. It doesn't have to go far. You can let the movements be as small or as big as feels wise. to incorporate those rotations with the sliding in and out. Start to move the leg in and out, turn it one way or the other, just exploring the movements from the hip in a passive way that minimally affects your lower back's position.
take your time, but when you feel you've moved the leg on this right side enough, you can bring it back into where it began. Once you arrive there, just letting yourself come back to what you've chosen to anchor your mind to. And when you're ready, take the left foot out onto the blanket and begin the process of sliding it in and out, knowing that it'll be different perhaps than the opposing side. And it may move out further or not as far without impacting your lower back and pelvis position. So let this left side be its own unique experience. Try not to fight any lower back's changes by tensing your leg or tensing your abdomen. There'll be plenty of work to come. And it's absolutely your choice when you go there. There's no rush needed. But the next time you feel ready to reach the leg out and start to move the ankle, begin there. And again, if there's ever something worth exploring for a little longer than I offer, have, have at it. Remembering you can take the foot the opposing direction whenever you're ready. Just letting yourself come back to whatever you've chosen as your present moment focal point whenever you wander. And then expanding back out to the movements of the foot. And then eventually up into rotating from the hip. Letting first the leg roll in and out. And then eventually taking your time when you feel ready to start to incorporate all those movements together. Bending the knee, folding the hip in and out, letting the leg turn, the foot turn in whatever way feels helpful feels worth exploring in your hip and has minimal impact on your lower back.
and take your time, but when you feel like you've explored and moved this left side enough, come back to being still, come back to constructive rest and back to sound, the sensation of the floor, some part of your breath. Know that that previous activity is something that absolutely could be revisited. Go from where you are now to reaching your right leg up towards the ceiling some. You can reach to the general slope that's equivalent to the left side. You can have your ankle more relaxed than you usually would, and the knee may be softly bent. And start to take the right leg down towards the floor until either you feel the lower back start to arch up or your heel graze the ground, whichever comes first. And then return the leg back up to where it started. And start to take the leg up and down, knowing that if this impacts you in a way where it feels like there's sensation in the hip crease or around the hip joint itself, back into the sacral region that you could bend the knee more, or consider sliding the leg in and out instead. And keep it away from the hip joint, from the SI joints. As you take the leg now up and down, without it impacting the spine's position, again, you can incorporate Maybe turning the leg some, or bending the knee, or changing the foot position. Some fairly passive movements to explore the range of the hip, to give you something to pay attention to. And to know that it would be tremendously skillful to move away from any sensation around the joint or in the lower back. Which can include going to be slide in, slide out, or to stillness at any time. Let the activity occupy your mind, and when it doesn't, return to your anchor and then come back to what you're doing, just fully involved with this current experience. And again, it's completely your choice, but when you're finished with the right, then the process becomes the same. Move over to the left. Start with the leg up and down knowing it will be different, what it needs, how far it goes. And eventually moving off of the up and down, but again, taking your time and incorporating some of the other joint movements that you have explored prior to this.
your time. There's absolutely no rush, but when you're done with this left side, bring the foot down, come back to being still. Guide your mind back to that one present moment anchor. All that preceded this was moving the legs without it impacting the spine. So now keeping the legs still, start with moving the spine by just tipping the sit bones up a little bit away from the floor. And you can tip them down towards the floor and let them come down so the lower back arches up a bit. And starting to rock back and forth, thinking about little movements like would be in cat-cow. Letting that be isolated primarily to the lower back and the movements off the hip. And should sensation show up around the sacrum or up into the hip crease, we call that counterproductive. Consider rocking less, coming back to being still, or always you can go back to the movements of the foot and the knee and the ankle. Should the rocking back and forth feel wise? Right now, rocking up and down from tail towards your head. Consider what it would be like to rock a little bit side to side. We're going to keep the legs fairly still, but tipping the pelvis a little bit right to left. It takes a moment to figure out where that is and how. Go from that to perhaps making little circles, counterclockwise, clockwise, or to returning to front to back or to stillness, whatever feels the wisest for you right now, most soothing, most advantageous. yourself go from moving the lower part of the spine up the hip to letting that become still and then to the neck and just letting your head gently turn side to side. You can have your arms in whatever configuration makes that possible, makes that feel helpful. feels helpful to hold the head turned to one side or to move a little bit less, you're welcome to do any of those. turning side to side and maybe moving the chin up away from the chest and then down towards it a bit. Just letting the head's movements mobilize the neck and vice versa. Let your head come back to a still place. 
reach your arms up to the ceiling once you're still. Just inhale, reach up a little higher. How you have the arms configured is up to you. And as you exhale, whatever shoulder blade movements have happened, let them come back to where they began. And inhale, reach up a bit more, and you can start to stretch your arms up and overhead, reaching back for the wall behind you. And then exhale the arms back up. Now, whether you link the breath in this movement of taking the arms up and over and then back up to the ceiling, that's up to you. But as you reach overhead, let the rib cage wiggle back even. Let the arms stretch way back. And so long as it's not in the shoulders, you call it productive. It shows up in the shoulders. Consider changing the arm position, widening them, softening the elbow some. this being what would seem fairly passive, but the warm-up section of things. Just moving the joints gently. If you'd like to take your arms overhead and hold them there and grab one wrist with the opposite hand, even <coughs> shorten one side of your waist so the other can lengthen out, you're free to do that. You could even take the legs out on the ground and stretch them away from your arms. Couple more moments just to explore anything else that feels worthwhile or to even things out side to side. Should you be doing something that is right and left specific? And then eventually bring your legs back in, put your feet on the floor, roughly hip distance apart. both feet instead of one at a time. Just lift up onto the balls of your feet. And then bring your heels back down. Just up and down. And all I want you to notice is how does it feel to press the weight more heavily into the balls of your feet and to lift the heels up? Is there a specific place you feel work happening there? As technically in a yoga class, this would be like getting told to press the weight forward into the front of your feet. You can also come up onto the balls of the feet and hold and actively keep the joints in this position, but press the balls of your feet down. Just notice how that feels. And then go the other direction. Leave your heels down and lift the balls of your feet and your toes up. And go up and down. This would be like being told to press your heels into the ground more strongly, or one of what is often called the four corners of the foot. This being two of them. So come up and hold and actively push your heels down. All right. Two more corners to go eventually and let your feet come down and pick the inside edge of the foot up, the big toe side. And then back down. Now what would it be like to try to do that without letting your thighs widen? 
Now they'll only lift up a few degrees or so for some of you, and that's fine. And it's a hard action to find. You figure out in your body where it feels like the work exists to pick the big toe side up. And eventually you could go to the other side, the pinky toe side, and the fourth side of the foot. And that would be like getting told to push into the inner edge of the foot more. So front, back, inside, outside edge. figured all of those out, then you can eventually get yourself up to standing whatever way you like to get up there. And just take a moment, once you're standing, there's no need to fix anything one way or the other. Just bring your feet as close together as they'll go, knowing if your knees hit first, there's no need to bring them any closer. And just notice if that feels stable underneath of you or not. And start to move your feet away from one another a little at a time until it feels like your feet are stable under your hips. If you go too far, you can always go a little bit closer together. And just noticing the angle of the feet, if they feel odd, if it feels odd in your knees or your hip or your lower back, then let the feet change. You can angle in or out a bit. Once you feel stable, then now standing. Notice the experience of coming up onto the balls of the feet again. Lifting up and down. Now as you lift up and down, maybe some of those other actions start to show up. Like maybe you roll to the pinky edge. So could you find the big toe side? The effort of pushing into the inner foot as you lift up and down? Or maybe you go to the big toe side more than the outer. Figure out how to balance maybe the shift forward between the big toe and little toe. It might take some concentration, or maybe not lifting up quite so high. It's fairly vicious to try to do this on two feet at once, but eventually keep your heels down and you can go one foot at a time. Lift the ball of the foot up, pressing the heel. Just going back and forth. Well, technically speaking, when you walk or when you run, you go between lifting up onto the balls of your feet and then onto the heels. shifting to one side of the heel or the other, one side of the ball of the foot or the other, maybe consider pressing into the inner edge of the feet and finding the pinky toe lifters or vice versa until you figure out where would it be a little bit more even between big toe and little toe or inner heel and outer heel, just for the sake of something to pay attention to. Not that you're going to try to do this when you're walking. And all of that done dynamically, eventually let your feet settle on the floor. You notice where the weight tends to sit for you. Is it the front? Is it the back? Inside? Outside? And just for the sake of an activity, 
can use a little bit of each one of those actions to balance the weight evenly over the arches. Both inside, outside, front, back. At first it might feel like you're working one group of muscles at a time, but eventually see if you can let all of them hum together so your feet feel active, the weight feels balanced for a moment. Just notice how that doesn't just work the muscles of the lower legs, perhaps there's a whole bunch of work above. And then when you find all that, you can lie yourself back down on your back and then tip over onto your left side. change my mind. Lie on your back. <laughs> right, have your knees bent, feet on the ground, hip distance apart again. Okay. Now, the width of your feet, the angle of them, whatever feels stable and anchored for you. Push your right foot into the ground and see if you can find your right glute. You can squeeze the right side of your butt cheek and then release that. Go in and out, squeeze and release. And perhaps pushing the foot into the ground and dragging it towards you will help you find that. Or can you find the work of the back of the leg? And of course, the calf might work, the hamstring might work. You can find the glute on the right. And then eventually, change sides. Go to the left. Can you find that side? And then could you go side to side eventually? Isolate one side out as the other moves. these the muscles that extend your hip. We'll also call them the ones that stabilize your hip in one way at least. And try to see if you can get both of them to contract together, just knowing that one side might be more dominant than the other and that's all right. And then let that release. And just notice what happens as you push both your feet into the ground, contract the same muscles, and lift your pelvis off the floor an inch or so. And then back down. So notice that as you lift up, perhaps there's some work up in the front of the thighs or somewhere like that as you keep going. Muscles that straighten your knees. Some of the ones on the back side were the ones that bend your knees. Both of these groups also hip stabilizers. As you go, if there's sensation around the SI joints, then maybe lift less or keep the pelvis down and see if you can find the same work. Then what happens as you lift up the next time if you hold? If you need your eyes to see, you can look. Notice what may happen as you push into the left foot and try to lift the right foot up a few inches. Notice if one side of the pelvis sags down or if it becomes very difficult. 
and then back down and see what happens on the other side. When you're ready, lift back up. And notice if the pelvis tips one way or the other as you pick the foot up, because it likely does. Not for all, but for most. So what would you do there? Well, come on down and now roll to your left side. You can bend your knees some and stack your legs on top of one another. <coughs> and to start with keeping your feet together, just lift your right knee up off of your left. You can prop your head up in any way that feels comfortable. So inner edges of your feet will stay stuck touching. Lift your right knee up off the left. That's it. And then down. Now can you go up and down without letting the pelvis tip backwards at all? You might have to watch and then feel. your frame, where does it feel like the work exists to turn the thigh bone out? You can do that old school Jane Fonda if you want and pulse this. <laughs> She's sort of onto something. like you have the awareness of where this exertion exists in your body, then stretch your right leg forward so your knee is straight and the hip is unfolded. Just stretch it towards the front edge of your mat. Now without turning the leg, lift the leg up away from the floor and then back down. Just go up and down and just notice where does it feel like the work exists to move the legs away from one another. This being top leg moving away from the bottom. So the outer hip stabilizes. Part of the core. And again, if you'd like, you can go up some and then pulse there. That gives you better awareness of where the work exists. You could also imagine your ankle had one of those snazzy 80s ankle weights around it. You feel like you've worked out this right side and how you move the legs away from one another, how you turn them, then bring that leg back to stack on top of the left. And then start to combine those movements together. Lift the knee up away from the left knee. Let it turn first. And then move the entire leg up to the ceiling some. And then move the knee down until the leg is parallel with the floor. Straighten your knee out. Bring the leg all the way down. And then re-bend the knee, making a little circle. So knee up, turn first. Then straighten the knee as you take the leg up a little higher. And then bring it down and slide it back in and start to circumduct or circle the hip up and down you'll go without the pelvis tipping side to side. You can even play with perhaps taking the leg a little behind you as you go. So how do you turn? How do you abduct? How do you maybe even extend a little? And then adduct is bringing the leg back down. 
So the movers of the hip, the stabilizers of the hip, and a vital part of the core, stability. And again, if any one of the movements felt more productive than the others, return to that. When you've had enough of moving this leg, flip yourself over. Start with the knees stacked. Get comfortable. Pelvis stacked. And then just clamshells, technically. Knee up and down. Something yoga people could use more of. Your butt's on fire? Yeah, <laughs> Who knew your butt would be on fire from doing almost nothing? Except it's totally something, but it looks like nothing. Everyone wants to do all those hard things, and I'm like, nah. You'll remember this. Sometimes when your muscles feel tight, well, actually most of the time, if they feel tight, instead of stretching them, work them. Okay, when you figured out this turning one, then stretch the leg out straight and just go up and down without the turning. So the abductor group. Eventually combine those all together, let the knees stack, and then start to circle the thigh bone. Knee up, stretch out, and away, bring it back. And letting yourself only move to the point where the pelvis doesn't tip back behind you. Movements don't have to be big. And again, if at any point taking a pause more productive, then come back to stillness, come back to what you've set as your anchor in between activities. your time, but when you're done on your side, you flip back onto your back again in that constructive rest shape. Grab your one thin block and put it between your legs, either the narrowest way or the next widest, whatever makes more sense for your bone structure. Last part, squeeze into the block. In and 
either pulse or squeeze in and hold until you find the muscles that pull your legs towards one another. And once you've found those, you can get rid of the block and roll back over onto your left side again. Make that clam shape of legs, knees bent and stacked. And you can just let the top one scoot across a little bit further and stretch the bottom one out towards the front edge of your mat. Same muscles that pulled your legs towards the block will be the same ones that now lift the bottom leg up away from the floor. So straighten your left knee out, keep your top leg down, try to lift the bottom one up. You have to take the top leg up and across. And it will not go very far, if at all. And if it won't lift up, or it feels counterproductive, you can go to your back and put the block between your thighs and squeeze that instead. If it's bugging your SI joints, put the bolster underneath of your leg, the top leg that's coming across so that's not pulling back there. And if that doesn't solve it, again, skill in action, yoga practice onto your back. Squeeze the block. Figure out that one side and then flip over and the other it goes. But again, if it's creating sensation around the SI joints, then use the block instead. You can first try to take the top leg across onto a prop so that it's not having to come down to the floor. And after that, bottom leg up and down. Again, you don't get anything more for being tipped on your side and adducting than you do by squeezing the block. It does the same thing. One's just resisting gravity, one's resisting a prop. all the stabilizers, all the movers of the hip. When you feel you've been about even from side to side, and flip back onto your back in constructive rest. Now we see if we can stabilize. Just take a moment, come back to sound or come back to the floor underneath of you, your breath, whichever one you've chosen to bring your mind to. Your knees bent, feet and knees roughly hip distance apart or so. Push your feet down, get the back line of the legs to work and pick your pelvis up a little bit. And then back down. Now how high you go is up to you, knowing higher is not better. If there's a need to go a bit higher, then go ahead. The next time you get up to the height that feels wise and sustainable and there's no sensation around your SI joints at the back of the pelvis, then if you need your eyes look, 
keep the pelvis level, use a little bit of each one of those muscles in the left hip and pick your right foot up off the floor. Can you stabilize without the pelvis tipping? And if it tips, can you find the muscles in the left hip in particular to stabilize that out? There you go, and down. And you can continue on one side, you can go from side to side, but how do you keep the pelvis level in relation to the floor while lifting up and picking a foot up? This would be much like walking without swaying your pelvis. <laughs> some of you need more back line of the legs, some the inner, some the outer. And again, if it shows up in your joints, come down and you can do the same thing without lifting up. Or you can go back to stillness and be with your anchor. If you're going up and down, the next time you're up and pick a leg up, maybe bring the thigh a little bit closer so your knee stacks over the hip and your knee is bent to 90 degrees or so. Hmm, very similar to what would be eagle pose. Ah, and then down and you can try the other side. Figured that part out and come down, come back to rest. And just shove your props out of the way if they're next to your upper body. And take your arms out like goalpost arms. So elbows bent unless that doesn't work for your frame. And just push your arms down into the floor. Just notice where, if any, work exists. You can pause and release, so press in and release, and press in and release. This would be the effort of moving your arms away from one another. Can you imagine your arms were very heavy, and the next time you relax, think of them being very heavy as you press them up away from the floor and in towards one another over your face. Keeping the elbows bent, just Press the arms in. Could you get the hands to touch? And if the elbows won't, could you try in effort to press the elbows towards one another? That's it. Now again, imagining the arms are really heavy without them coming down and clunking on the floor. Can you slowly press them away from one another until they graze the ground? And then in and out. So the effort of bringing the arms in towards one another and out away from one another. The next time you get your arms in towards one another, let the hands touch, let the elbows press in as close as they will go, knowing there's no award for them touching. And then press the whole forearm up towards the ceiling some, so maybe the upper back feels like it rounds out a bit. And then let that come on back down, arms away from one another. 
and then back up and in and press up to the ceiling. Just in and out a couple more times unless it would be more wise to hold or to be still. arms come in or if they're there already just hold them there. Feet hip distance, knees hip distance, push your left foot into the ground, pick up a tiny bit and then pick your right foot up off of the ground without letting the pelvis tip. Oh looky, eagle. And then back down and try the other side. We'll call it eagle without any of the leverage and a much more difficult Reclined eagle. All the efforts there. And when you figure that out on your back, then come on up to standing. Stand with your feet the distance apart and the angle that feels stable for you. Now with resistance, and your hands can be on your hips or hanging to your side, whatever you prefer. Start to bend your knees and fold your hip. Squat down some. Keeping the spine fairly neutral. And then back up. And up and down where you're folding the hip and bending the knee, much like you were trying to recreate constructive rest standing. Next time you sit down, hold, and shift the weight into your left foot and see if you can pick the right one up a bit. Now as you pick up, if the, all the weight shifted out into the outer hip, consider what it would take to stabilize that. That's it. And then back down, and stand back up, and then squat back down, and see if you can pick the opposing side up. Up and down you go. Just notice where you like to compensate. As you go from side to side, do you shift into one edge of the foot more than the other? You will have to shift into it a bit. But can you march the legs without letting the outer hip pop out to the side? Can you do it without spine tucking under you or sticking out further behind you? And then maybe you add the arms as you shift to one side. You bring the forearms in towards one another. Maybe the palms touch. You consider holding in space and what it would take maybe to bend the standing knee more and pull the opposing leg up a bit higher. You remember where all the balancing muscles were in your feet as you go. Be able to course correct. And go side to side. Okay. <coughs> 
Maybe you move the arms in and out as you go side to side. Let them come away from one another like goalpost arms standing. And as you shift sides and pick a foot up, and bring them in towards one another. Stabilize your hips as you move side to side, as you balance. Again, there's no rush. Feel free to work for as long as you like. The place you'll end up will be back on your back. time Evo gets called, there you go. <laughs> ah, but there is more. So lie back down in constructive rest and then once there, just let your mind come back to what you've chosen as that one point. The one to return to you that keeps you here, that anchors you back in the present moment. Go back from sound or sensation or breath out to the body and just notice back of the pelvis, your rib cage and your head are all touching the same surface. And then your lower back and neck curve away from that to some degree and just know that your muscles, the soft tissue might make your lower back feel like it contacts the floor. But it will probably feel lighter than the rest. Pick your right foot up off of the floor until your right knee stacks over your hip. And parallel your shin with the ceiling so your hip is bent to 90 and the knee is bent to 90. And feel free to point the ankle or to flex it, whichever one you prefer. And then bring that foot down and bring the other one up and down. Like you were marching lying down. Go back and forth between sides. Now as you go, consider adding, if it would make it feel more stable, any of the hip work. And then as you progress, instead of going from side to side, bring one leg up and then bring the other to meet it. Keeping your hips and feet roughly hip distance apart. And then take one leg down and then the other one down. Same idea, one leg up and then the other, and then one leg down and then the other. And as you go, think about the idea of bracing just enough around the trunk that it stays stable, adding any of the hip work that allows the trunk to stay stable. And the bracing almost as if someone was throwing something towards you and you weren't quite paying attention and you had to catch it. Where the idea of coughing or laughing does the same thing. And the next time the legs get up, see if you can hold both of them there. 
bottom half of that dead bug thing. Letting the knees rest over the hips. And when you feel fatigued, you can take the legs back down. Consider bringing them back up, either one at a time, or as long as it doesn't flatten the lower back or cause sensation, maybe take both of them up at the same time. If that makes the lower back arch or causes SI joint sensation, then one at a time next time. When you get them up, hold until it feels like you can't hold in a productive way any longer. And then you can bring the legs back down just a few times. get into some rubbing the belly and patting the head type movements. And bring your feet down. When you feel ready, take both legs back up to that 90 degree at the hip, 90 at the knee place. And the idea of squeezing in with the inner thighs, maybe a little work around the back line of the pelvis, the waist. Keep your right leg where it is. Start to reach your left leg out towards the floor. Just let it graze the ground, the heel, and then return it in and bring the other leg out. Now only moving the legs to the point where the lower back doesn't flatten down and doesn't arch up, but stays stable, in and out. And if you fatigue, it jumps into the joints. The lower back no longer stays in its neutral position. And take a pause. As you go, you can add the arm movement. So as the left leg stretches out, the right arm can come overhead. You can start with both arms up to the ceiling. Just left leg out, right arm will go overhead, overhead, <laughs> towards the back of the room. <laughs> opposite arm, opposite leg, switch to where you were right the first time. Switch arms, <laughs> left arm, there it is. <laughs> you know, like you do when you're walking, except not with your arms up, but by your side. And again, letting the trunk stay stable as you move your arms and legs. Knowing you only have to move a little bit if that's what keeps the trunk stable and you can take breaks whenever you like, whenever you need, don't push it. There's nothing to be gained by pushing it. And when you've had enough of dying bug, as I'll call it, Come back to rest. And then only a couple more core things. Take your 
your left hand behind your head and your right arm out like a T. Feet knees roughly hip distance apart again. And take your right arm up to the ceiling now and then lift your chest and arms and shoulders off the ground and reach up and over towards your outer left thigh. And then down and switch arms. Right arm behind your head, left arm out and up and across. There you go. Just side to side. Now, should you be able to do it without yanking on your neck, you can keep both hands behind your head. The idea is to get the movements to come from the waist. If you want to put the block between your thighs or stabilize the legs, much like you've been doing with that mini bridge without lifting up, go ahead. Just using the rotators of the trunk. You're also welcome to come up and across and hold and pulse. How do you turn your spine? Again, however many of these feel wise, worthwhile, necessary to explore until you've had enough and then you can come back to being still. Notice not a crunch, not a navasana, not an ardha navasana in sight yet. And there won't be one to come. Last little bit. Take yourself lying on your back to flipped over on the bolster so that it's underneath your belly and all the way supporting your chest. Keep your head at the back, the front, it doesn't matter. Lie up and over that where your pelvis feels supported by the bolster, up through the rib cage does. Prop your head however you want. You can put a block under your forehead or your hands under your forehead. So long as this stays out of your lower back, out of the SI joints. Straighten your right leg out and leave your foot flipped like an up dog foot would be. Once your right knee is straight, just lift the leg a tiny bit up off of the floor. Then bend the knee and squeeze the back of the leg in your glute. Let the knee lift up. And you can even let the leg turn a bit where the foot will come in towards the midline. The knee might turn out some and pulse up. Good. And then down. And you go in and up or stay up and pulse. The idea is to look for the work around the back of the pelvis up into the hip knowing you can keep the knee on the ground and do that same thing, just in effort. Or you can flip on your back and do the same thing we were doing earlier. This is now just resisting gravity. You can work all on one side or go side to side. Just getting the back line of the legs 
the glutes, the back of the pelvis, to work in a way that's wise. And using the yoga practice part of it to make skillful choices about what will work, what is productive, what doesn't cause sensation in the joints, and what feels worth exploring here. like the clam and side hip work just flipped over. One last little bit for today. Let your legs come down. yourself up off the front edge of the bolster just a little bit. You can take your arms by your sides or out like a T or next to you with your hands on the floor. You don't have to lift very high. Take the bolster out or block under, out from under your head if it's there and just lift your head and shoulders and torso up off the bolster enough to get the back line of your upper body working. And then down. And go up and down. There's no need to even really lift higher than the bolster should it jump down into your lower back or feel not wise. Free to come up and hold and to pulse the arms up behind you if you'd like. Any amount more of this that you feel would be worthwhile. No, you do not have to lift high at all. last task will be to get yourself into some reclined or seated position that feels comfortable knowing you could stay lying on your belly, you could get yourself comfortable there, you could lie on your side, on your back, just choosing one last shape to be in that will be a sustained hold, just making sure it's comfortable enough. moment to make sure that it's really comfortable enough that it might be unlikely you have to move over the next bit, but should you need to move in any way that's completely acceptable. And from all the physical work now to the mental work again, I'm just noticing 
sounds in the room somewhat familiar, somewhat consistent with what was there before. But the traffic picking up outside comparatively. And my voice diminishing for a few moments. It's also the feeling of your body being supported by props or the floor in different configuration for most of you than you began. Notice that. Choose the temperature of the room or some aspect of your breath, but turn the volume down on all the other sensory experiences, including the mind, and bring your attention just to the one point, the one anchor. Being gentle with yourself, knowing you will wander, and when you do, the only aim is to come back to what you've chosen as your one focus point.
focus widen. Turn the volume back up on all the other sensations you notice here, including what it's like to move a little bit, what it's like to hear others moving. And as you feel ready, you can make your way up to any seated shape that you like. Rest your hands in a certain way or to join them together, you're welcome to do that. Thank you so much for all your hard work. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. Namaste. Voila. You're welcome.